Greetings in Jesus' name. I'm Bishop Chester Wright. This is the video teaching spirit series, Praying in the Spirit. This is part one of that teaching series, Learning to Pray in the Spirit. And this is lesson number seven. We want to talk about the source of the flow of the Spirit in us and the direction of the flow of the Spirit in us. Let's begin with uh, some of the most fundamental teaching on this subject. They were words out of the mouth of Jesus himself, John seven thirty seven through 39. The last day of that great day of the, of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said, out of his belly, King James, shall flow rivers of living water, parentheses, but this spake he of the Spirit, which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet given because that Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, just for uh, uh, further understanding's sake, uh, I'm going to read a couple of different translations of those verses. John seven thirty seven in the Amplified Classic Edition. Uh, now, on the final and most important day of the feast, Jesus stood and he cried in a loud voice, If any man is thirsty... Let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, who cleaves to and trusts in and relies on me, as the scripture has said, from his innermost being shall flow continuously springs and rivers of living water. But he was speaking here of the spirit whom those who believe trusted and had faith in him were afterward to receive. For the Holy Spirit had not yet been given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Then the Rotherham's emphasized Bible in John seven thirty seven says, Now on the last, the great day of the feast, Jesus was standing and he cried aloud saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. He that believeth on me, just as the scripture said, just as said the scripture, river from within him shall flow of living water. Now this spake he concerning the spirits which they who believed on him were about to receive, for not yet was their spirit, because Jesus not yet was glorified. Uh, and the Rotherham Emphasized Bible, as you can tell, is not written for readability, but in an attempt to try to emphasize the exact Greek words and their sequence in the Greek. So it's almost a, a Greek uh, uh, paraphrase, uh, in, in, or, or we actually would call it an interlinear, uh, almost. John seven thirty seven. The Holman Christian Standard Bible is on the last and most important day of the festival. Jesus stood up and cried out, "If anyone is thirsty, he should come to me and drink. The one who believes in me, as the Scripture has said, will have." Streams of living water flow from deep within him. He said this about the Spirit. Those who believed in Jesus were going to receive the Spirit, for the Spirit had not yet been given, had not yet uh, been received, because Jesus had not yet been glorified. And then finally, we expanded translation of the New Testament is, Now on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus was standing. And he shouted out in a loud voice saying, if anyone is thirsty, let him, let him be coming to me and let him be drinking. He who believes on me, 
just as the scripture said, rivers out of his innermost being shall flow of living water. But this he said concerning the spirit whom those who believed on him were about to be receiving for not yet was the spirit sent because Jesus was not yet glorified. Now, we want to talk about the source of the flow. I believe it's Ecclesiastes 3.11. I think it is. There's a couple of different translations that says that God has placed eternity in the heart of every man. So when we were created naturally, we were not created spiritually. We became a living soul, all right. But God left a place in us of infinite size, and only an infinite God can put an infinite hole in a finite human. Only God can do that. But he placed eternity in the heart of every man. He placed the infinite emptiness. And the Greek word translated belly in the King James means literally according to Strong's hollow or a cavity, especially the abdomen by implication, the matrix, figuratively the heart. Thayer says it means the innermost part of a man, the soul, heart as the seat of thought, feeling, or choice. But the implication here is empty. When I'm thirsty, I'm thirsty because my body is dehydrated to whatever degree. And so therefore my mouth gets dry and my tongue gets uh, sticky and it's hard to speak because I, I am, I'm having an emptiness of water. Now, thankfully, I'm not totally empty of water or I'd be dead. But I am thirsty because of the decrease in the amount of water my body needs to live. But spiritually, I am put, I am given an emptiness. And that emptiness both will cause me to hunger and thirst. Oh, what's the difference? The Bible speaks of uh, the Holy Ghost as living water. And we know we can go a whole lot longer without food than we can without water and live. So the spirit is living water and I'm thirsty for living water. But Jesus said he was the bread of life. And that same emptiness causes me to hunger for the word. So when the scripture says in Matthew chapter 5 or 6, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. I cannot pick and choose. I can't be all spirit and no word. I can't be all word and no spirit. Because I cannot be spiritually healthy without taking into my mouth, into the same belly, both water and food. Both spirit and word. Now, it starts out, our experience starts out by hearing word that gives us faith, and that causes us to fear God because we believe the word of God that we're going to be accountable for all of our sins, which then by the grace of God grants us repentance that we might confess our sins and surrender our wills and change our direction, which is repentance. And then from there, uh, we continue to live uh, in the Lord, by the Lord, through the Lord. So he says, if I believe on him, as the scripture has said for me to believe, 
when I meet the criteria of Scripture by the scriptural definition of what faith in the Lord Jesus Christ is, what will happen is, according to what happened to the Gentiles in John Acts chapter 15, God bore them witness and gave them the Holy Ghost just exactly like he gave it to the Jews on the day of Pentecost. And exactly like he will give it to you and I, you or I, when our faith is acceptable to God because we fully believed according to the word of God. If you don't have the Holy Ghost, you may have some faith in God. But you do not yet have faith that God has accepted because when God accepts your faith, Acts chapter 15, verse 9, he puts no difference between you and the experience of those in the Bible when it comes to the personal experience between us and him. Now, Jesus said that if we believed in our faith was acceptable to God, that out of our belly, our innermost being, our inner cavity would flow rivers of living water. Now, if that's an emptiness in me, that we've all tried to fill through all kind of natural things, some good, not so, some not so good. He's the only one that can fill that. So when that happens, the proof that I'm full is rivers of water will flow out of me. So he singular that believeth on me, as the scripture has said, out of his singular innermost being shall flow rivers, plural, of living water. And according to several Greek uh, scholars that I've read, the word rivers there is in the plural. It's in the plural. And so the rivers of living water flow out of us because God fills that emptiness. He spoke, the Lord, Jesus spoke very similar uh, things to the woman at the well just three chapters before in John chapter four. And he said, whoever drinks of this water shall thirst again, speaking of the well they were standing at. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him, it shall be a well of water in him springing up unto everlasting life. In other words, we're not just supposed to be containers of the Spirit. We're supposed to be conduits of the Spirit so that that source of living water in us is constantly flowing out of us in praise and worship of God, but also in ministry. And it's rivers, meaning there are many different types of flows of the Spirit when you are praying in the Spirit and ministering in prayer by the Spirit in tongues. Many different types of flows. Many different types of flows. And in my experience, there's usually a different tongue that is the Holy Spirit uses through me depending on what it is I'm praying for. And sometimes I know what I'm praying for. I just don't know what to pray. And so if I'm praying for an individual, I got my hand on their head and I don't know what to pray for them. Most of the time I'm praying for them will be in tongues unless God gives me or, and, or, or when, until God gives me something specifically to say to them. Why? I don't know their heart. They don't know their heart according to Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9. They don't know their heart. They don't know their own heart. And so if they don't know their heart and I don't know their heart, I don't know what they need. And they may have asked me to pray for something, but I don't know if that's what God wants me to pray for. 
And I can't just pray for something just because they asked me to. I got to pray for the will of God in their lives. So I will pray in tongues with that. And the Holy Ghost will give me at times things to say in English, if they speak English, that they need to hear. If they don't speak English, then I usually have an interpreter present with me to translate into their language so they can understand what I'm saying from my mind to them by the direction of the Holy Ghost. So every river has a source of either springs or the rain that falls down upon the mountains that collects into rivulets and then streams and then into small rivers and then they all come together into big rivers that flow all the way down to the sea. Biblically, in the Old Testament, the only living water that the Jews had was from rain that fell upon them spiritually. It was living water that was poured out upon them. But in the New Testament, as I've already quoted to you in the verses at the woman in the well, Jesus said he would give us a well of water abiding in us 24-7. And out of that well or fountain is the Greek word literally, fountain or spring, will flow rivers of living water. So uh, let me just read this to you. John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14. I'm going to read this in the context of what I'm talking about here. Jesus answered said unto her, Whosoever drinketh of this water shall thirst again, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a, a well of water, springing up unto everlasting life. And again, if you would permit me, I want to read a couple of translations. It's important for you to get this. All rivers must have a source. And in the New Testament, the source of the rivers that are flowing out of us is the spring that God put within us, the fountain that God put within us, the well that God put within us. And, and, and the Greek is literally more fountain or spring than it is a, a, a well that you have to put water down into, a bucket down into to get water out of. So uh, let me read, let me read you these translations. Young's literal translation says, uh, Jesus answered, said unto her, everyone who is drinking of this water shall thirst again. But whoever may drink of the water that I give him may not thirst to the age. And the water that I will give him shall become in him a well of water springing up to age during. Now, uh, just for a moment, uh, I don't want to get off track, but uh, Young's literal translation is one of the few translations that translates every Greek word in John four fourteen. And if you go to a uh, an interlinear, a King James version interlinear that shows the original Greek manuscripts and then the English transliteration of those Greek words and then the English words under those uh, from the King James, and you look at that, you will find that there are three words that very few Bibles translate, and uh, Young's literal translations is one of them. And so he said, the water that I shall give him, uh, whoever drinks of the water that I give him may not thirst to the age, to this eon, to this age, to this time. The word eon there is not only translated age sometimes, sometimes it's translated world. 
So the word world sometimes is the Greek word cosmos, which speaks of the system. And the word eon, when used of here and now as an age, is speaking of the culture and the spirit of that culture. They're not exactly the same thing. They're, 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 they're parallels, but they're not exactly the same thing. They're two elements of the same thing. And the Lord said, uh, in the, in the original language, uh, uh, translating all the words, that if I drink of the water he gives me, I won't thirst for this age, what this world is offering me. Why? Because I want to keep thirsting. And I am designed and created naturally to need to drink water throughout my day or some kind of liquid throughout my day. I can't drink one time for the whole day and that be enough. I've got to drink throughout the day. I've got to drink throughout the day. Now, that's that's the parallel of the way it's supposed to be spiritually. I can't have one prayer time and go drink one time in the morning and get my prayer in and then not drink the rest of the day. No wonder we faint before the day is over spiritually. Because we're not drinking enough. We're not drinking enough. So that's part of the purpose of praying in the Spirit. Because when I'm praying in the Spirit, that that living well is springing up and flowing through me as a river. Whatever that river may be at the particular time I'm praying, I am drinking of it and drinking so much that it's flowing out of me. Which always, it'll keep my thirst quenched by Jesus so that I don't thirst for this world. Now let me go on. Amplified. uh, Bible classic edition says, but I'm just going to read verse 14. But whoever takes a drink of the water that I give him shall never, no, never be thirsty anymore. But the water that I will give him shall become a spring of water welling up, flooding, bubbling, flowing, bubbling continually within him unto, into for eternal life. And then amplified the 2015 edition. But whoever drinks the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I give him will become in him a spring of water, satisfying his thirst for God, welling up, continually flowing, bubbling within him to eternal life. Now again, you have to couple this with John 7 to see that the bubbling is not supposed to be just taking place inside of me. Oh, I've got Jesus and I'm holding on to him and he, I'm not going to let any of him go. No, I'm supposed to, I, that well is supposed to, that fountain, that spring is supposed to bubble up so much in me that it flows out of me and becomes a river. That's what a spring does. A spring doesn't become just a pool that sits. Every, a spring may become a pool or a lake or whatever, but because the spring continually pours more water into that pool or lake, there has to be an outflow of a of a river out of that. There has to be. One of the greatest examples of this would be the Sea of Galilee versus the Dead Sea. They're both in the uh, the uh, uh, ecosystem. That's a new word, isn't it? Ecosystem of the Jordan River. But the Sea of Galilee. The Jordan River flows into it on one end and out of it on another. They have been fishing commercially the Sea of Galilee for thousands of years. And they're still fishing it. 
Why? Because it has both an inflow and an outflow. It has both an inflow and an outflow. Therefore, there's constant life in it. But the Dead Sea is at several hundred feet below sea level. So when the Jordan River gets to it and flows into the Dead Sea, the Dead Sea receives the river flowing in, but it doesn't have an outflow. And what is the result of that? There's no life in the Dead Sea. And from the pictures I've seen, because I've never been there, for yards and yards and yards back from the banks of the Red Sea, there's no life. There's no vegetation. Because it only has an inflow and no outflow. One of the main reasons that you and I need to, to, to allow the Spirit of the Lord to help us to be able to pray daily and regularly throughout the day in the flow of the Spirit speaking in tongues is because we need both an inflow and an outflow, an inflow and an outflow from the source of all living water bubbles up in us the spring, the fountain of living water. But then out, out of that, instead of holding it and accumulating it, putting a dam on the river, we let it flow out of us so that others are blessed by what's flowing into us. I'm blessed by what comes in, but it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. So when I'm giving, I make more room in my life for more inflow. And the more outflow I have, the more inflow I can have. So the only way I can have more of God is to make more room for God. And the only way I can make more room for God is to have an outflow. And that outflow is primarily in prayer. Now you can have an outflow in prayer in the language of your mind, but the most powerful outflow and the one that's most needed throughout the day is the outflow of prayer in tongues. And if I do that, it quenches my thirst I'm I'm always satisfied with God. Uh, You know, delight thyself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Why? Because if I'm delighting myself in the Lord, whatever he desires becomes the desires of my heart. Whatever his will is becomes my will. And he's certainly going to give me my will because it's his will. Because that's where I got it from. So I need this flow. I need this transition. It needs to be there for me at all times. Because if I only have an inflow and I don't have an outflow, I've offended God. I talked about the Sea of Galilee and the Red Sea. But let's talk about this one. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 13. For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me the fountain of living waters and hewed them out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. Now, the Lord was at some point their fountain. Inflow, outflow, inflow, outflow. But a cistern doesn't have a source. A cistern is a hole or a tank. Hole in the ground or a tank that I have to put water into to be able to get water out of it. And so uh, the Lord said, you gave up me the fountain of living water that was willing to supply you water all the time so you could live by your will 
and then you only needed to be filled. So that's why it's so necessary to get to church. That is not the reason to go to church. That is not the biblical reason to go to church so I could get refilled, so I could stay full of the Holy Ghost. I'm supposed to stay full of the Holy Ghost 24-7. I go to church to participate with the body of Christ in whatever. I gather with the body of Christ to participate in whatever God's wanting to do in, by, and through the body of Christ. To receive training and instruction and to be sent out from the body of Christ to minister unto the world. I don't go to church to get full of the Holy Ghost again because the very fact that's my idea that proves I'm a cistern and don't have a well anymore. And the Lord calls that evil. My people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewed themselves out cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. So we create cisterns, but God becomes the enemy of our cistern, cisterns and makes sure they're cracked so that we can't ever hold water. Because if that's the way you're trying to live, he's never going to let the water you get on Sunday last till Wednesday or Thursday. And he's never going to let whatever water you get on Wednesday or Thursday last to Sunday. I'm supposed to be drinking throughout the day, every day, from that well of living water. But not just drinking for myself, not just having an inflow, but having an outflow. An outflow of the Spirit of God to minister to others. In the Spirit, in prayer, or indirectly in ministry to them, as the Spirit of the Lord would do that. Jeremiah seventeen thirteen says, the Lord, O oh Lord, the hope of Israel, all that forsake thee shall be ashamed. and They that depart from me shall be written in earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. It is so very critical that you and I understand this focus. In the tabernacle and then the temple, when Solomon prayed over the temple, all of his focus was that building. Everything he prayed was about what was going to happen in that temple. But the New Testament church is talked about not there, but in Ezekiel chapter 47, when he talks about the river that flows out of the house of God. Which is your church? Is it a place where Everything is focused on and everything happens right there. And in this time of, uh, of, uh, that, uh, of crisis, of coronavirus crisis, that this lesson's being recorded, that you can't have church anymore. And so people don't even know how to have a relationship with God because everything was focused on the church religiously. But they didn't have a relationship with God that could sustain them when they were not allowed to gather the body of Christ. Now, God is doing that until something changes in us so that we get the message that the flow, that the focus of the church is what is flowing out of us as a body. So we come together to praise God and we come together to pray because my house should be called a house of prayer. And we come together to teach and to train and equip be, be, and be equipped so that we can be sent out to do the work of the kingdom of God in preaching the gospel to every creature 
and making disciples of them. That is the will of God. That's the word of God, and we're supposed to do that. It is amazing to look at the emphasis of the fountain of living water in the book of Revelation. I'm just going to read a couple of places. Revelation 7, 17, And the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and shall lead them unto living fountains of water. And then in, I, in Revelation 21 and 6, and in concluding, winding down the book of Revelation, the Lord says, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give unto him that is a thirst of the fountain of the, of the water of life freely. And then Revelation twenty two seventeen says, and the this is like three or four verses from the end of the Bible. And the spirit of the bride say, come. And let him that, is a, that hear it say, come. And this sounds just like John seven thirty seven. And let him that is a thirst come. Verse 38. And whosoever will, let him take the water of life freely. If we don't have it, and it's not flowing into and therefore out of us, then that's not on God because he has called us to this. The new treasure of scriptural knowledge says of the phrase, whosoever will, that this is not two classes of person, persons, but one, not the thirsty ones who do not will or the willing ones who do not thirst. But the Spirit of the Lord is calling for the willing, thirsty ones to come and drink of the water of life freely. So as I partake of it, it then becomes a river flowing out of me that will minister life to all those he leads me to, directly and indirectly. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Jesus' name I pray that God would Baptize you right now with such a spirit of thirst for him that you become so thirsty for them, him that you get thirsty enough to let him fill you completely with his spirit as a fountain of living water and that you then would let him use you as a conduit out of which he can flow as rivers of living water to a lost and dying world. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, it is so. Let it be so. In Jesus' name, amen.